Hello, welcome to the County Conversation, a podcast featuring employees and subject matter experts from the Fairfax County government discussing program services and items of interest to residents of Fairfax County. I'm your host, Jim Person. On this edition of The Conversation, we're going to talk with Bill Delaney, Fairfax County Fire and Rescue Department. He's in the Public Affairs and Life Safety Education Branch or Division. Well, I'll get to that and clarify that in a moment, but he's with Public Affairs and Life Safety Education with Fairfax County Fire and Rescue. And we're here to talk about Fire Prevention Month which is the month of October, which is this month that we're recording it in. We're also going to be talking a little bit more about fire prevention, obviously, fire safety, and more on this edition of the County Conversation. So, Bill, thanks so much for being with us. Thanks for having me. Fire Prevention Month. Uh, seems like that could be every month or every day. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Fairfax County Fire Rescue, we, we like to think every day, every month, the whole year is Fire Prevention Month and should be the Fire Prevention Month. Mm-hmm. should be Fire Prevention because most fires are actually preventable incidents. Hmm. What do you mean by that? Well, uh, in other words, usually it's something we do or don't do that causes the chain of events to occur that that allows the fire to happen. Okay. So when we're talking about do's and don'ts and fire safety prevention, are there a couple of simple do's or a couple of simple don'ts that we should really think about and, and you know, pay attention to? Well, I, th- I think the, the fire prevention theme this year – uh, look, listen, learn, so, kind of sums it up. Okay. Um, and that is look for the fire hazards before they happen. Um, you know, cooking's the number one cause of fires, both here and nationally. Um, and a lot of times it's just simply, you know, leaving your food on the stove and forgetting about it or putting combustibles too close to the stove, uh, which eventually catches it on fire. Um Listen for the smoke alarm. So in other words, to listen mm-hmm. for the smoke alarm, when it sounds, you better make sure your smoke alarm's working. Good point. So <laughs> test your smoke alarm monthly huh. to ensure it's working. Have a smoke alarm on every level, inside every sleeping area. And, um, and along those lines, have a home escape plan in mm-hmm. case of fire. You know, two ways out and have a meeting place outside. Um, so uh, those are some of the big uh takeaway items right away mm-hmm. that we, we mm-hmm. recommend. Have that working smoke alarm, have a home fire escape plan, and uh, certainly prevent the fire before it happens, right. ideally. And and the learn part of these three L's, look, listen, learn. Learn oh, two oh, ways out. Okay. Hopefully, I was going to say, hopefully you don't learn right. to, to after the fact of a fire, which was you should have done. Right. And some, but unfortunately, sometimes that yeah. does happen. Yeah. And, our, and our fire investigators do uh, look at causes so that we can certainly, if, if we start noticing a trend, we can address that tr- trend. Mm-hmm. For example, over the last several months in Fairfax County, we've experienced a large volume of smoking-related fires, or, or should I say improperly smoking, discarded smoking material-related fires, oh, okay. where, again, it's a simple act where people aren't thinking and they're just flicking their cigarette butts in, into mulch, into shrubbery outside, or even into potting soil. And a lot of people don't know that potting soil has chemicals and such in it that, especially when it dries out, is actually pretty flammable. Really? Yeah. So uh, we've started a campaign based on that called Sink It or Soak It. Hmm. So if you do smoke and you smoke outside, have uh, some sort of an ashtray or sand bucket that you can put the cigarette in or uh, a bucket with water in it to, to soak it. So folks are really going to keep a bucket outside. 
hopefully. Or okay. at least a sand bucket anyways. <laughs> okay. okay. Or if they just bring out a little, um, you know, glass cup or something with right. water in it. Good point. Not Good a paper point. cup, please. Right, right. <laughs> but, uh, and soak it and let it let it soak for... You know, I, I, I would have never thought about the, the potting soil being so... So dangerous. Right. Yeah. So I guess the key takeaway is to properly dispose of your your cigarette butt. Um, and you mentioned not putting it in potting soil, not, you know, if you're at a commercial place and outside smoking, not just flicking it over in the shrubbery or the mulch or whatever. Yeah. It doesn't have to be a commercial place. We're, we're seeing that okay. a lot at apartment buildings. Mm-hmm. As well, there's right. a lot of you know shrubbery and mulch, and and even homes. So we've seen them there as well. F- fire safe cigarettes. I've heard that that term before. Can you explain what fire safe cigarettes are? Yeah, and if, and if they really are. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, nothing's totally fire safe, but mm-hmm. but uh, a fire safe cigarette basically, for lack of a better way, to explain it, it has a series of speed bumps within mm. the cigarette. Mm. So if you're not drawing on the cigarette, okay. it will it will sort of self-extinguish basically. Oh, interesting. Where um, a regular cigarette doesn't have that. So it can stay burning and stay burning at a high enough temperature to cause a fire. Mm-hmm. Where the fire safe cigarette, that little speed, those speed bumps in there, again, will eventually stop the burning. Right. And that way your chances of having uh, a fire related to that are greatly decreased. Interesting. Now, I, I can't remember the exact statistic, and it was earlier in 2018, and we are recording this podcast in October of 2018. It was some point early in 2018 when I think roughly 50% of the fires that Fairfax County Fire and Rescue responded to were caused by improperly discarded smoking materials. Am, am I sort of correct on that? You're absolutely correct on that. Okay. And, and I would say here at this date, that's still pretty accurate. Wow. Um, so again, obviously, this this is a totally preventable right. cause of fire. Right. And, and the big one, of course, happened in May of this year mm. where we experienced three significant multi-alarm fires within a couple hours of each other in the uh-huh. general area, all improperly discarded smoking material related uh-huh. that caused in excess of, of $13 million in damage. Th- three fires, three yes. separate fires. Three, and all two alarms and greater. Okay. And what, and for the layperson, what does that mean? Two alarms or greater? That, that just means a lot of folks had just to a lot of firefighters <laughs> and fire trucks. Yeah, wow! Not your everyday garden variety, you know, right. fire if there is such a thing. Wow! Uh, all preventable, as you said. All preventable. Fire prevention month. We talked about some of the the tips here. We talked about improperly discarded smoking materials and that high number of fires already through this year. But you mentioned earlier that cooking is actually the number one cause of home fires? Yes. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Leaving stuff on the pot, those kind of things. Other reasons, I was going to say excuses, but any other reasons that, that cooking causes so many fires? It's mostly people just, um, you know, they might be in a hurry. They're going to work. Uh, they have an appointment. And they had something cooking, and they're just in such a hurry. They just forget. They leave the burner on. Mm. And it might be, you know, even just residual uh, uh, food in there, right, you right. know, that they're already eating the main meal and they just forget. Okay. And, of course, it heats up and the pot slowly burns and potentially catches fire. And then that's when you start getting your – the cabinets start catching fire or, you know, some people have 
pot holders or towels or even paper towels close by right. the stove, which isn't a great idea. Mm. But other items that can burn that are very combustible, mm-hmm. and so it just takes off from there. Right. And these eyes on the stovetops or stoves, they, they take a little while to heat up, but they also take a little while to cool down. So yeah. that's a problem when you're talking about the combustibles, maybe the towels, the other kind of rags, those kind of things that you're finished cooking, you turn the st- uh, the stove off or whatever, you clean up, you wash your hands, and maybe you throw the towel down on top of the stove and right. it's kind of close to the eye. And Yes, absolutely. Bad that stuff can absol- absolutely yeah. happen as well. October is, again, when we're recording. That means something is coming up or a couple of things. Thanksgiving and December, these holidays, big times when families gather and lots of cooking going on. Other than a couple of suggestions you've talked about, any kind of other things that we should pay attention to, think about as we're you know, entertaining family and friends and our minds can often be distracted to avoid uh, having a cooking fire really ruin our, our holiday season? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, a lot of times around these holidays, candles are heavily involved. Um, no matter what religion uh, you, you observe uh, and what occasion you celebrate, those come into play quite frequently. And candle fires are also uh, one of the leading causes of fire. And so you want to make sure if you if – you, first of all, we highly w- recommend and would love to see people using the battery-powered – uh, flameless candles. Okay. Yeah, well, we've got a couple of those at our house. Yeah, I, I need, to, I need to have you talk to my wife oh, because <laughs> she enjoys the, you know, she the, likes the, the real f- thing, the yeah. flames. And and yeah. again, the good news with the battery powered ones is they they look very realistic, yes. yeah. and a lot of them do come in those scented uh, right. types that right. that everyone sort of really likes. So we highly recommend you stick to that. But if you're insistent on having the, the regular candle, mm-hmm. again, number one, remember that's an open flame, right, and which means it's an open fire. And you need to make sure if you leave a room, if you have candles on, make sure someone's in the room. If you're going to leave the room, you need to blow the candle out. Don't put it near a a window. Uh, Mm. We have actually had several fires where people had it on top of something near curtains, and there's a little bit of a breeze, not enough to blow the candle out, but enough that the curtain blows over and it catches on fire. Um, So you got to be aware of that. And, And obviously, if you have pets... I, that's exactly the thought I was yeah. running through with my two dogs. Yeah, yeah, they'll, they'll knock down just about anything. They will, and and there's been fires caused by that as well, where wow. you know the it doesn't matter dog, cat, you know, gets up, knocks it over mm-hmm. again into something that can burn, like curtains, or if it's on a table, obviously wood right. table right. or any tablecloth you may have. Gotcha. So the bottom line is, if you're not going to be in the room, you, you blow it out. Right. Um, and then um, make sure it's in a sturdy holder hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, I literally had a couple Thanksgivings ago, oddly enough. Uh, my wife likes those long candles that are in those little holders. Yeah, yeah. And right in the middle – and this happened in the middle of dinner while we're all sitting at the table. Thankfully. Thankfully. Uh, the candle actually fell over and onto the table <laughs> oh, and onto wow. the tablecloth <laughs> um, for no apparent reason. Right. But it you know, wasn't the greatest holder – those and that's what happened. Happen. Those but, things can happen. Right. And fortunately, I was there where I was able to take immediate action right. so that the fire didn't happen. Had we not been there and we left those candles on and we had gone to another room, like does happen during right. holiday celebrations a lot of times, um, you know, 
we could have found out when the smoke alarm was going right. off and there was heavy smoke. And we're not talking about a long time that it takes here either. You don't have no. to be out of the room for hours. It could be just a matter of, of a minute or two before, yeah. before that really becomes fully engulfed or a serious problem, if you will. Right. Fire doubles in size every 60 seconds, roughly. Wow. wow. And of course, it can be a little <clears> bit quicker <throat> or a little bit longer depending on what's burning and what's going on in right. the environment around it. Right. Um, but yeah, it gets real big real fast. All right. We're talking with Bill Delaney of the uh, Fairfax County Fire and Rescue Department. He's in the public. He's with Public Affairs and Life Safety Education. And uh, interesting little statistic you shared there. And uh, you've got a, a wealth of knowledge. This is not something you you just started last year. You've you've been a fire guy for a while, right? Uh, you could say that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> started in the fire service here in Fairfax County. Um, 30-something years ago <laughs> as a volunteer at Burke and uh, liked it and became a career fire in Fairfax City about 17 and moved across the river for a little bit uh, where I got into the prevention mm-hmm. and managed their programs there with that and a little bit of public information and mm-hmm. then had a fantastic opportunity to come back home and serve my own community, right. which was – couldn't pass that up. Sure. So. What What is it about uh, firefighters uh, wanting to be – you know, running towards something when everybody else is running away or, you know, what what is it that drives you and, and everyone else in the in the fire service to, to do what you do? Good question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've been asked that a lot. Uh, yeah, I think the overriding desire is, is just wanting to help others. Yeah. Um, when, when, and and be a problem solver, when mm. things are going bad for someone else that you're able to go in there and try to help uh, take what, for most people, is the worst day of their life, yeah. uh, whether it be a fire, whether it be a medical emergency, and try to make a positive difference, as, as positive as you can make under the circumstances. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And, I th- and I think that's what drives the vast majority of right. folks. Right. Envisioning that that awful vision that we might have of being at home, maybe in our sleep, you know, something <clears throat> happens, there's a fire – We've got to get out. Early on in the program, you talked about the importance of uh, learning uh, about an escape plan Mm -hmm. from your home or your business, wherever. Talk to me a little bit about that. What do you mean by an escape plan? And and does that sound as complicated as I'm thinking it might have to be? No, it it doesn't have to be complicated. I mean, think back. I think no matter your age, it goes back years and years. What did you used to do in elementary and even high school, middle school that have fire drills mm-hmm. every month. Mm-hmm. And you knew if you were in a particular class or room, this is the way you were to go. And this was your meeting place outside. And then what would the teacher do? The teacher would take a, attendance to make sure everyone that was right. there that morning was still there with, with her or him. And if someone was missing, then reported immediately so that that could be passed along to fire and rescue because okay. that person's potentially missing. Same concept. Just take a little overview. You don't have to be an artist. Um, just take an overview of your home and just draw like little arrows. Here here you are and draw little arrows. I can go out this way. And, of course, for most people, the ideal way is if you're in your bedroom, out your bedroom door, down the stairs or down the hallway and out the front door. Right, right. And if, you're, if your smoke alarms are working um, and ideally even interconnected and you get that early warning, you should be able to do that. And But if for some reason the fire is such or the smoke alarms aren't working, 
and and you don't find you know learn till much later in the process and you right. can't get out then you need to as part of that plan understand okay what's my second option here what's my mm. second way out ideally and for most people it's the bedroom window for example mm. now if you're on a first floor bedroom right. that's not a huge deal right if you're up a little bit higher right. and even higher than that then it becomes a little bit problematic right and so you need to have a plan whether that's an escape ladder which mm. I would only recommend you use as a last resort okay. because even me use use when I used to <laughs> right. climb ladders and stuff right. as a firefighter I'm I'm afraid of those I mean they're right. a little rickety but right. Right. you know what if they're the only way I'm going to get out alive that's fine right but part of that plan too might be hey I just need to make sure my door's closed which it should be at night anyways mm. that protects me from the smoke and fire call nine one one tell them where I'm at and that I'm trapped. And I think we're very fortunate here in Fairfax County where, um, you know, the politicians and the residents have all supported fire and rescue uh, just unbelievably. And the resources are here where you're going to get help pretty quickly. And and so that's another way as part of your plan. You need to think that out before something bad happens Mm. versus... What am I right, going to do right, now? Right. Wake up, fire, um, what do I do? Yeah. But we have been starting to recognize and using the um, slogan, if you will, close before you doze. Um, and that's just keep your door closed at night, your bedroom door closed at night. So if there is a fire, Interesting. there is yeah. a level of protection there, especially if you can't get out. Again, right. if you your smoke alarms are working and you can get out, get out. Um, but at least you have some protection there if, mm-hmm. if you do become trapped. Right. Uh, and that is part of your escape plan and that everyone knows that um, beforehand. Right. Well, obviously, the important number to remember is 911. So any fire, uh, life safety, police, any kind of medical needs you have, remember that 911 number. And you mentioned smoke alarms. And again, going back to early on, you mentioned uh, some stuff about smoke alarms, which and and the, the number that you should have, which I found kind of Kind of interesting, and, and quite honestly, I was a little surprised by because I was like, well, one on your main floor, one on the second floor, you know, pretty well covered. But you're you're saying there should be more. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Can I go through that again a little bit? More? It just provides that extra level of protection. I mean, if you can only have a few smoke alarms, if you can only afford so much, then one on every level, one outside the sleeping area. Uh, now, we do have a program uh, with Fairfax County Fire Rescue if if you can't afford a smoke alarm and you need one, um, you can go to our website or, or give us a call and, and we'll come out and, and provide you one and install oh, it, actually. Wow. You know, because, again, we want to make sure everyone's as safe as, as can be. Wow. Um, but the other component to that, to having a smoke alarm in every bedroom, and especially as you get older mm-hmm. um, and especially with Are kids. Are you talking to me? I'm talking to me, too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Both of us. Um, you know, the hearing goes, mm. or they're, they find, they're finding with kids a lot, too. Kids are very difficult to wake up. Yes. Uh, and so a smoke alarm going off in the hallway maybe isn't going to have as much impact as a smoke alarm going off, you know, right near the bed. Right. Um, so that's the other critical component there. And I mentioned interconnected as well. And what that means is, in other words, they're all connected together. So if, okay. say, a fire starts in your basement area and you're all upstairs— sleeping away. Probably not going to hear it. You're not going to hear it. Exactly. If it's, if it's the old fat, you know, older yeah, type yeah, of smoke alarm. Yeah. Um, but if they're interconnected, if the one in the basement goes off, they're all going off. 
And so, again, you have that extra layer of protection and notification that enables you to right. get out safely and just go out that front door sure. versus becoming trapped. And by the way, part of the plan, too, is you shouldn't be calling 911 from inside your house on fire if you're trapped. You should get out of your house immediately if you can get out, go to your meeting place outside, and then call 911, either from a cell or from a neighbor's yeah. house. We want you out of the house. Okay. That's so good. I just want to make sure people understand, only call from inside your house on fire because smoke kills you 75% of the time. That is what wow. actually kills people. It's not direct flame contact. It's the smoke that you inhale, you know, the burning byproducts of plastic and other wow. nasty things, you know, elements, right, chemical elements right. that are in wow. in those in your furniture and stuff wow. and the smoke. Okay. So, another, another good point. Another yeah. another something I've learned on this podcast. Great. Very quickly, you're talking about interconnecting. Uh, is that like wiring? Do they have to be all wired in the house? I, I mean, very no, Great question. It, it can be a combination of actual physical wiring, like in my house. Um, or uh, they do smell battery-powered smoke alarms that have, uh, like everything else nowadays, wireless, wireless connectivity. Okay, okay. And so you connect them wirelessly as well. Okay. Um, so, uh, and the other key thing about smoke alarms, too, is, is make sure if your smoke alarm is older than 10 years, hmm. it needs to be replaced. Hmm. Even if you do your monthly test, you push the button and it goes beep, beep, beep. Um, again, getting back to the age thing, it, yes, it may be working, but when it was newer, it sounded quicker. Right. And now all of a sudden here, 10, 11, 12, 13 years later, it's taking several minutes to gather, right. you know, to recognize their right. smoke. Right. I, you know, I need to sound, whereas, you know, 10 years before it did it okay. quickly. Very and again, that gives you that extra time to escape safely. Yeah. Okay, good point. Final minute or so, and we're we're... We're close on our time here, but we're talking about Fire Prevention Month, which is the month of October, but also the week of October 7 through 13, I believe, is Fire Prevention Week. Now, folks are listening after the 13th of October. That's fine. You can still celebrate Fire Prevention Absolutely. Week or whatever, but but uh, a special time and open houses, I think, are going on at all the fire stations. Yeah. So a little bit about that. Uh, stop by any fire and rescue station in Fairfax County. Uh, and, and some of the times do vary a little bit, but generally between 10 and 4, okay. sometimes 5, because uh, our volunteer partners also get heavily involved. Okay. And um, it's a great opportunity to meet your local firefighters and paramedics, uh, but also to learn something about home escape planning, maybe, maybe even asking for some help with your home escape plans. Okay. Um, and that's on Saturday, the 13th of October? Correct. Uh, of 2018. So if you're listening to this in 2019 or 2020, the date will vary, but I'm sure there'll be open houses and Absolutely. fire prevention week yeah. again. Bill Delaney with us from uh, Fairfax County Fire and Rescues, Public Affairs, Life Safety Education. Give you the final word, Bill. Any final uh, thought you want to share on fire prevention, the fire safety, anything for well, folks with, listening? No, thank you. With the, with the winter weather coming, please make sure you get your chimneys clean. If you use chimneys, chimneys and such, get them clean before you use them. And remember that space heaters need space. Mm -hmm. need at least three feet. Again, that combustible, those combustible items around, don't use space heaters to dry off towels or clothing. Yes, we've had fires caused by that, but give space heaters that space so that you can heat safely. Right. Okay. 
a lot of good information, folks. You know, I may have to do like I, I do and rewind this one back to the beginning and pick up all these nuggets that Bill has shared with us today. If you need to get more um, from the Fairfax County Fire and Rescue Department, you can go online to fairfaxcounty.gov fire-ems. That's fairfaxcounty.gov fire-ems. If you want more news and event information, you can go online to fairfaxcounty.gov news or call 703-Fairfax. That's 703-324-7329. And that's weekdays between 8 a.m. and 4.30 p.m. Please rate, review, and uh, give us a like on this podcast. We would definitely appreciate it. County Conversation is produced by the Fairfax County, Virginia government.